Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Oh, it's such a shame. We lost an actor who had maybe some of the greatest names in movie history in his characters. He was Apollo Creed. He was mm. Action Jackson. Right. How great of a handle is that? And, of course, he was Chubbs Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> he was so great. And, you know, he had all the skills. He was, of course, amazing and rocky and dramatic. Uh, he could be funny and engaging. He was in Arrested Development for a while playing himself. Oh, really? Yeah, it was very funny. Here's a, here's a little sample of that. Tobias had recently hired actor Carl Weathers as a drama coach. Do you see me more as the respected dramatic actor or more of the beloved comic actor? Whoa, 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 whoa. There's still plenty of meat on that bone. Now you take this home, throw it in a pot, add some broth, a potato. Baby, you got a stew going. Yes, that's fine. Uh, but I would like to focus on my acting, Mr. Weathers. I did give you my last $1,100. I'll tell you a little story about acting. I was doing the Showtime movie Hot Ice with Ann Archer. Never once touched my padilla. I go to craft service, get some raw veggies, bacon, a cup of soup. Maybe I had a stew going. I think I'd like my money back. <laughs> so great. And everything he did, and of course, hilarious and happy Gilmore. Yeah. Yeah, an athlete to begin with as yeah. well, right? He went to, uh, was at, uh, San Diego State on a football scholarship, played for the, uh, Raiders at one point, BC Lions too, so the NFL and CFL, then mm-hmm. became an actor and, uh, of course, you know, best known for his role as Apollo Creed and he was, you know, incredible in that, but also, you know, played a lot of other roles too, including Predator. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was listening to someone who was telling the story that, you know, when they brought him along for that, they thought, well, you know, yeah, there was a lot of uh, hunky, ripped men in that playing mercenaries and soldiers, whatever it may be. But, uh, you know, they were hoping that Carl Weathers could really bring along Arnold Schwarzenegger because Schwarzenegger wasn't really an actor. He was just the muscle, whereas right. Weathers could act. Yeah, and you really could see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You look back. It's funny. I think I've mentioned this before. You watch Rocky 1 and then 2, and you can see how they've both gotten bigger and stronger. And they've worked out a lot for Rocky 2. But when he's in that stance in the ring, like he's just a massive man, mm. like really tall and that reach. Hey, the long arms. And, you know, Rocky is Sylvester Stallone. I mean, he's a short guy. <laughs> like, his arms look like half the length of Carl Weathers. And so you, th- well, I remember watching it and always thinking, would there really ever have been a chance for a guy of Sylvester Stallone's size to beat a man the size of Carl Weathers? Oh, no, and that's why the story's so great. Yeah, it is a great one. And, uh, and gets me weepy every time. So, and only 76 years old, passing away in his sleep. I and mean, he was great as, as Chubbs in Happy Gilmore, too. Like, he's just <laughs> so good. <laughs> You're giving up that NHL, kid. That's right. Yeah, it's a terrific movie. He was excellent and uh, will be sadly missed. He passed away on Thursday, but I guess we didn't really get news of it till late Friday or into the weekend. So. Mm. Carl Weathers, Apollo Creed, Action Jackson, Chubbs Peterson passing away at 76. Oh, Lucky, it's a big day. Big day for you. Okay. Big day for most fellas, really. It's National Fart Day. Wow. Yes. 
Yes, sir. Let loose. Yeah, and it's not a uh, a stat holiday, not yet. We're, we're working it's more a shat holiday. <laughs> <laughs> if things don't go right. Yeah. Oh, I hope this isn't a. <laughs> I hope we're not charting here. Oh, that panic, that panic. And sometimes you don't even know, like you think I might have, and then it's such relief when you go take a look and you're fine. The amount of times uh, dudes have risked it. Yeah. You know, not knowing if uh, if the next one's going to be all air or not. Yeah, well, I think sometimes, well, one, sometimes they just happen upon us and we can't stop it. But there's others when you can feel it gurgling. And, yeah, why do you take the risk yeah. of pushing it out? I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> or you've had the bad tummy, and the next time you go to, you just pass some gas. You're thinking... I don't know. This is too much of a risk. Right. Uh, most humans produce between one to four pints of gas daily. Pints? Pints. Okay. I didn't know that's how we measured it. Um, and we uh, we drop our guts around 15 to 20 times a day. Okay. That seems excessive. I, I don't know of myself farting that much in a that day. That seems excessive to I, I think 20 <laughs> farts in a day. I think I've done that already. <laughs> On the drive-in. <laughs> yeah. Um. Most uh, farts are made up of odorless vapors, carbon dioxide, oxygen, nitrogen, hydrogen, and sometimes methane. But the good bacteria can release gases that contain sulfur, <clears throat> which produces an unpleasant odor of flatulence. Mm. So if you got you, you must have the good uh, the good bacteria. Okay. I said to the lovely Maria, not a yesterday, lot of it though, because I, I you know I'm farting constantly in here, and you're not smelling it. But I've got the bad sense yeah. of smell. Like I was in. Well, the, I'm not either. So I, in terms of smelling it, so I, I don't think it's. See, there's some days I've been standing here and I've let loose and I'm standing in my own vapors and right. you don't say anything. I'm, I'm like, being kind. Are you being kind? I'm being kind. There's a reason I got a bottle of Febreze over here. And I've noticed it's moved around a little bit, so I think Lorianne has noticed coming in. <laughs> that I left her a gift. <laughs> just, just smells like boy, she yeah. says. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, stinky. <laughs> uh, it's terrible. It's terrible. I was mentioning to the lovely Maria in a very romantic conversation yesterday. <laughs> I said, I'm I'm incredibly ripe these days. <laughs> like, it's like something crawled up me and died. Mm. And you go through those periods. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like everything. Like, I, I swear, I, if I use this, if anybody's having breakfast, <laughs> give us a second. <laughs> I go to the washroom. I got to open every window in the house, not just the bathroom. <laughs> wow. Window. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this isn't shock, shocking at all. Uh, at all. Uh, men produce more aromatic flatus. Oh, flatus, is that what they call it? Yeah. Okay. Aromatic flatus. That's a great name for a band. Right. We're aromatic flatus. <laughs> and here's, here's our first tune, Shart. <laughs> I missed the Grammys last night. Lucky's uh, covered the uh, highlights in the news, but I wish I had seen it. I've heard some pretty positive reviews. Trevor Noah supposedly was a, a terrific Very good. host. I saw little bits, yeah. Yeah. Um, Miley uh, Cyrus was commando. We missed that. I would have enjoyed the viewing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in the in memoriam there was some great moments. Annie but, Lennox uh, performed Sinead O'Connor's yeah. uh, in tribute to Sinead O'Connor. Nothing compares to you, and she was fantastic. I have to look that up. And Fantasia did Proud Mary for uh, Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. Supposedly that was uh, really like the uh, the Tracy Chapman Luke Combs. There was a great round of applause for Tracy Chapman in there. Yeah, yeah. Joni Mitchell showing up, and people were supposedly in tears after she performed. 
Uh, Jay-Z being weird, going on about how his wife had won Song of the Year many times, but never Album of the Year. Get over it. Right, yeah. Shut up, Jay-Z. <laughs> yeah. You learn anything from uh, Kanye going on about... Yeah. Uh, it's not all a conspiracy. I know. They're not all out to get you, dude. You've got a pretty good life, you and Beyond. Yeah, that's true. Did you take the bus <laughs> to the Grammys? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Get your blue eye. Look, look, look over at Killer Mike. Shut up. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> rapper to, who was arrested at the Grammys. Did you have to clean tables off after the Grammys, or did you get into a limo that took you to a private jet? Yeah. Shut up. Anyhow, so there's uh, there's that. Grammys done for another year. Uh, are you one who enjoys a late night snack? I am certainly very guilty. I'll wake up, and I'll be a little peckish. You should have to wake to up. Yeah, like so that's not a late night snack. An overnight snack. It's an overnight snack. That's true. Yes, it's an overnight snack. I uh, I wake up and probably more uh, more that I have to pee, and then I'll go. Hmm, I'm a little peckish, and the next thing you know, I'm standing by the refrigerator light, nibbling away. Well, how'd you get to the refrigerator? On my feet, I walk. <laughs> She didn't carry you, but no. But <laughs> you sleep upstairs. Yeah. Are you sleepwalking? You're going. You're going down. I'm fully engaged. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> In, yeah. Into the kitchen. I've gone down into the garage to get a bubbly. <laughs> yeah. I've gone to Max Milk for a pack of smokes. And you'll do this like, like 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 last night, like on a weeknight. Well, last night was rather bad because last night we had had friends over during the day and for dinner, and so we had put out snacks, and we decided instead of just doing like a charcuterie board. With cold cuts and pickles and olives and stuff, we went the snack route with dips and potato chips and other assorted goodies. Right. So in my fridge, there are now three or four containers of assorted dips. Oh, this is not good. This isn't going to end well today, I'll tell you that much. And it didn't end well last night when I was scooping it into my pie hole like a spoon. A hell of a good dip. I want to see you in the grocery store lineup with just chips and crackers oh, yeah. in your hand. <laughs> it is National Fart Day, and I'm going to be doing a lot of that later. <laughs> So you'll hang on. So you, what time do you go to bed? I'm usually in the rack at about nine thirty or ten. Okay, and I wake up at like one. So I've been down for a while. Right, and it's not every night. All right, but sometimes I'll go through periods where it'll be like a few days in a row, and then it won't happen for weeks. It's probably a sign of diabetes. <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, if it were me, I'm, I'm looking at it going, well, ah, man, my alarm is going to go off in a couple hours anyway. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to bed. Well, it would take you a couple of hours to get out of all the gear. <laughs> Problem is, I gotta get unhooked. <laughs> to get down to the <laughs> get snack. Out of the, uh, forget it. Yeah, I uh, I just have to crawl downstairs and uh, and fill my pile. <laughs> gotta lower the bed rails. <laughs> the night nurse is gonna catch you. <laughs> That's right. So it's all a problem. Anyhow, they say turkey cold cuts or any sort of turkey. If you got leftover turkey in the fridge, that'll help put you back to sleep. I'll put you back to sleep, and it's not a fatty. Uh, although the cold cut will be rather salty. Uh, and then um, crackers and cheese is on the list, veggies and hummus. Right. You know, instead of piling back, hell of a good dip. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, but who's going down and cutting veggies all of a sudden? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you try to, when you're half asleep, you try to avoid any sharp objects. Right. And you're uh, a lot of effort and thought into this. You're grabbing whatever is finger food, mm-hmm. stuffing it in your pie hole. And then also on the list, this is all stuff from a dietitian. if you uh, have snacks in the middle of the night. A banana and nut butter. (laughs) (laughs) How many dudes are offering that to the... Yeah, you don't have to leave the bed. (laughs) Sweetie, you want a little snack? I got banana and nut butter right here, babe.
I had mentioned, I guess last week, that I was uh, about to start reading the John Daly book, My Life in the Rough. Right. And uh, I started it over the weekend, and much like the Wendell Clark book, just kind of written at a grade six or seven <laughs> level. Um, but some takeaways that I thought were interesting. Uh, he talked about how at, uh, I guess in the early 90s, when he got on to the, uh, he won the U.S. Uh, championship in the U.S. Open. Is that what he? Well, the PGA Championship. PGA Championship. And yeah. he was like four or five players back, like it's four guys dropped out. Six alternate, I believe. Yeah. yeah six or seven. They all dropped out, and that's how he got in. But he talked about how at, at kind of the height of his uh, career and where he really did well was it with his driving. And on average, he could hit it about 289 yards. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's, of course, amazing. And it's just funny how it reminds me of every other golfer in the world who will go into the clubhouse and say, oh, I was hitting a 300. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. <laughs> yeah. Maybe once in your life. Maybe the wind was blowing the right way. Yeah. You know. And uh, But what a what a life. And this, I'm only into the first couple of chapters and what a life. So on golf days, this was his routine. He'd get up in the morning. He'd have McDonald's for breakfast. Mm-hmm. He'd play golf. He'd have McDonald's for dinner. Yeah. When he'd go out drinking, which he did every day, he would start the evening with three triple JDs and Diet Coke. Okay. Well, diet, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You got to watch it. And Marble, he lived on Diet Cokes and Marble cigarettes. Mm -hmm. He, he would, uh, he would say to the wait staff, uh, I'll take a triple, uh, JD and Diet Coke, but I'll take three of them. And I guess he said some bars would not give him. Uh, three at a time. Three at a time. So he'd say to the waitress, wait a second, she'd give him his first one, he'd down it. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd get up the next morning and he'd play golf again. Uh-huh. Yeah, he had, uh, and still has, just a super long swing, mm. which, which, you know, basically, you know, normally you try and stop with the club kind of parallel to the ground at yeah. the top of the swing. He would be like scratching his back as he came across. And, and, you know, with that, just unleashed crazy power that hadn't been seen at that time. Because, mm -hmm. you know, the average driving distance at the time was around 260 yards for most pros or 270. Uh, and, and he was launching it by them. And, and, you know, now with technology, yes, the average, uh, is closer to 300 mm -hmm. yards on tour, but the average is not over in terms of the Average, right? And certainly for the average amateur golfer, you know, it's much lower than that. You, the the one or two times a year you uncork one over three hundred is far outweighed by the majority of the times where you dribble it off the tee. Yeah, and those who are hitting it three hundred are hitting it one fifty down the middle and then spraying it into the woods <laughs> another hundred and fifty. Yeah, they only count the ones in the fairway. By yeah. the way, I heard somebody say um, a couple of days ago. I don't remember who it was, but an avid golfer, not a pro. I think a comedian who just like golfs all the time. He was oh um one of the blue collar guys, Ron White. Okay. Yeah, he's a big golfer, loves to golf, golfs every day, he said. Anyhow, he talked to some pros about his game. He said, you know, I've gotten to this certain level and I, I would like to improve. And what these pros said to him was, Look, if you really want to improve your game, you have to practice Constant, you really have to devote yourself to it. So you either have to say, I am going to really make this my passion and I'm going to focus on it, mm -hmm. or you just accept where you're at is where you're at. And I thought to myself, that's 
totally me with the game of golf. Right. Like, I know if I had video footage of me 15 years ago, I know I'm an, a little better golfer now than I was then. Right. I'm a horrible golfer. But it's probably the best I'm ever going to be. And as I age, it's only going to get worse. <laughs> but it's it's the it's the game, and he made some great points of just about how you can never beat it. There's just a million different things you've got to know about every club and every situation and every swing and every, you know, which way the wind is blowing and where you're sitting. Are you high? Or low? He goes, if you love it and you're into it, you could devote your whole life to it. But you have to. Mm. And so you either just accept that you are. It's kind of like what you said, and I've never forgotten it. it. It's okay for a pro to get angry at himself. Right. <laughs> but there's no point in me throwing clubs. <laughs> what do you do, throw it past your ball? Yeah. <laughs> like, And I see it in me and I see it in others. We get up there, we swing. We have no idea really what we're doing. Right. We miss it, we flub it, we shank it, whatever. And we get so, we throw the club, we slam it into the ground. We curse and swear. Well, Okay, if you knew what you were doing and so you know why you screwed up. Right. That's that's reason to be angry. Yeah, well, I mean I think there's a lot of golfers who know what they should be doing. It's just don't execute no. or can't execute. I'm a decent golfer, but I, you know nowhere near pro level mm. what that would be and I don't practice. You know, I will, once spring weather arrives, hit the driving range a couple of times, warm myself up and, and kind of get into the groove of it again. And then after that, I barely hit a range unless it's to warm up before a round very quickly if they have one accessible, which most courses don't really, uh, you know, or don't include that right. in, in the green fee. So I don't practice my short game. I don't generally putt much before rounds. So I can't expect to be out there shooting, you know, 65 mm. when you don't do things like that. But I'm sure as a younger man and when you were going to university and playing on the golf team, I'm sure you practiced and played a lot more. Your game is very good and probably because of your early days of practicing and learning the game. Sure, you know, you're a father now, you're busy, you don't have the time, whatever. Maybe you don't even have the passion for it that you once did. Right. But I'm sure you did a lot of golfing and practicing and putting because to get you to at least where you are now. You didn't, times, you didn't yeah. get to this level just by going out on right. weekends it, with it, your buddies. Certainly when I was playing a little more competitively, you practice yeah. more than that. But also a good understanding. You know, It's also an understanding of what you're doing wrong or what potentially can go wrong. Right. And, and that, I, I think, when I watch and, and, have, and play with uh, with golfers who are still picking up the game or struggling at the game, it's it's an it's an imperfect understanding of what can go wrong in mm. that situation. You know, when you're staring at a shot that's 150 yards uh, of water down the right, and you're aiming right down the middle, that's a problem. Mm. Because you know, if I've watched you and for 17 holes you've hit it right, and then you're still aiming down the middle when mm. there's water on the right, well, what do you expect to happen? Are you just, all of a sudden it's going to go straight? No, aim down the bloody left right. and figure it out. And for me, a lot of it. And I don't want to get too deep for people who are not golfers. It starts right on the tee box mm. with, with just some people will go up there. I'll watch it all the time. Someone who hits the ball with a slice, which for right-handed golfers is left to right for you would be right to left. And they slice the ball every time, mm. but they'll go and they'll drop the ball right in the middle of the tee box and aim down the middle of the fairway, expecting something different to happen. It, you know, instead, you know, golf is a game where you have to celebrate uh, your 
your deficiencies, mm. right? And celebrate the fact that, okay, I sliced the ball on a regular basis. I'm going to aim up on the right, uh, it'll tee up on the right side of the tee box and I'm going to aim down the left and that slice will come around and then land it in the center. That's just how you play it. And if, if you were, it, Thinking right, you would do that. But so many people go up and say, this is going to be the one that goes straight. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And the other thing, and I've learned this from only being two chapters into John Daly's book, there is just God-given talent. Right. You know, some of us are athletic and most of us are not. But the thing I love about the game of golf is how delusional most men and probably women are right. in their belief that they're far superior at the game than they really truly are. If a guy can drink three triple JDs and Coke and eat nothing but McDonald's and go on to win championship rounds of golf, there's some God-given talent there. funny. He has unbelievable hand-eye coordination yeah. in order to do the swing that he has, the length of swing that he has, and mm. to hit it uh, on the screws like he does. And and it's interesting on a morning that we you know talked about Carl Weathers and and talked about Happy Gilmore. How many people have gone and tried that yeah. Happy Gilmore swing yeah. and thought, oh, yeah, and don't even make contact with the ball. No. Daily, without running towards it, was basically a Happy Gilmore swing at the time. It yeah. was like Happy Gilmore landing on the PGA Tour when he won that PGA Championship for Wild Fork in Whitby. It's Ted Reader. It's the godfather of the grill. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky. Morning, Teddy. Happy Super Bowl week. Uh, it's going to be a tasty week. Oh. Yeah. This, uh, Big game coming up. Big game. Yeah, and, and this, I mean, so many of us, uh, if we're having and hosting parties, snacks and food, it is said, are top of the list. you got to have a great TV and you got to have great snacks and food for your Super Bowl party. So, Ted, if you were uh, throwing a, a game day bash at uh, the uh, the Reader Compound, what would be top of your list for uh, for snacks and eats? Well, well wings are always on the top of right. the list. Yes, you know, and you got to love some chicken wings. And I like to brine them uh, in a little bit of apple cider and uh, water, salt, pinch of sugar. And some uh, some herbs in there, and brine them for overnight, and then smoke them until they hit an internal temperature of about 175 degrees, and then I finish them off on a hot grill, get a little char into them, toss them in some sauce, and and you're having a tasty, tasty time with the wings. That's for sure. Wings are our top of my list, of course, and most. I do love nachos, and, I, and I've got a real hankering for queso. And I know at the joint, Ted, you've done cheeseburgers that you've just drowned in cheese sauce <laughs> to, to, to cap them all off. Am I just uh, melting a brick of cheese, or what goes into making something like that? Well, uh, the easiest thing to do is, uh, if you if you want to do it, is grab yourself a block of that Velveeta and uh, nuke her up, and mm. you've got a quick and easy cheese sauce that you can pour all over your nachos. But nachos are about the layering, the different layers you need in there of of not only the cheese, but some of the pico, the garnish, you know, some diced onions, some peppers, some hot peppers, uh, maybe a little bit of tomatoes, some fresh cilantro, and then the meat of choice for me would be a smoked brisket shred that all up and layer that in there and then bake it all off on a you know and and do a big sheet pan of it right uh or a big cast iron frying pan loaded with nachos and i always like to put in the base of the pan i like to put a a layer of refried bean right down at the bottom right so that you get some sauciness and gooiness to to scoop up with 
I'm going to add to this uh, Mexican delight. I'm going with um, a jalapeno stuffed, and I think you've shared this uh, with us before. You can stuff jalapenos with cheese or meat. Was it the armadillo turd, or what was it well, called? Yeah, uh, there's a, uh, the atomic buffalo turd yeah, or right, something like that. Right. Yeah. That was the jalapeno, yeah, yeah. right? You do a mixture of uh, cream cheese and shredded cheese, and if you don't want that mixture all to run out of your your jalapenos, put a little bit of potato starch in there. Helps keep everything together, and then you flavor it up and you pack that into the uh, jalapenos. Uh, take a, sh- a piece of bacon, stretch it out, put it on a cutting board, and run your fingers along it to stretch it out to make it longer than it actually is. But the bacon gets thinner. And then wrap that tightly around the jalapeno, put them in your smoker at probably 275 degrees, and once that bacon is rendered, you can crank it up a little bit, get it crispy, and you're all said and done. Beautiful. And, you know, when you're biting into those jalapenos, some of them are mild, some of them are spicy. So it's always, uh, you get a little bit of a, a mystery heat level coming through. Hmm. Now, speaking of bacon, I have seen this, too, where you can buy, like, a block of bacon, and you can roast it and caramelize it and put, like, a a sweet sauce over top of it. Right, Ted? For sure, for sure, for sure. And if you, uh, you know, a double-smoked bacon will work really well with that. And Or you can just take a a pork belly. Mm Mm-hmm. A chunk of pork belly and roast that off in the oven when it's nice and tender. Slice it up nice and thin, and uh, you got amazing eats there. Toss them in a little barbecue sauce. It's uh, it's a tasty time. It's a tasty. We like to do at, at the joint. We do uh, we do the pork belly burnt ends. So we take a whole pork right. belly, we smoke it, we get it super super tender, and then once it cools, we we cut it into squares and drop it in our fryer. Or you can put them in the air fryer and get it really, really crispy. And then we're going to wash it all down with spice. wash it all down with some cold pints and a side of Pepto Bismol <laughs> and end the game in a meat coma. <laughs> that's right. That, that's for sure. No, for that's sure. for sure. Well, none of us can afford to go to this game at, at what is it, ten thousand dollars a seat or right. something? Yeah, that's it. It's uh, it's kind of craziness. Yeah, it is for that's, sure. That's ridiculous, actually. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the cost of anything you know it was funny i was um flipping through uh cleaning out some stuff and i came across a concert ticket from like 1982 when i saw van halen at maple leaf gardens and it was 15 dollars <laughs> you can't get a beer at the scotia bank arena for 15 bucks it's all so expensive so stay home follow teddy's grilling rules Enjoy the game. Invite friends over. It's a great way to spend a Sunday, and the food is a must. It'd be tasty if you follow Teddy. Teddy, how can people follow you, get a hold of you, talk about Super Bowl, or anything else on the grill? You're going to find me at Ted Grills in uh, the social media world. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.